Welcome to the show. Let's begin with news that Ireland's largest amusement park, which is in County Meath, is rebranded and reopening this week. And yes, it's a momentous occasion. And I'm delighted to say hello to its managing director, Charles Coyle. Hello again, Charles. How are you? I'm really good. You're under pressure, are you? <laughs> well, look, there's a lot of work uh, that's been going on the past couple of months to get everything ready. And uh, needless to say, we still have a little bit more to go, um, but a deadline focuses the mind like nothing else. Um, so we'll be ready anyway when we open the doors to Emerald Park tomorrow morning. Fantastic. Challenge Annika, I'm thinking. I remember that show on television last minute, but they get there in the end, that is for sure. Charles, your, your late dad would be so delighted and with the rebranding. He would indeed. I mean, ultimately, um, he, this was his decision to uh, to move on to a to a new phase in, in the chapter of the park, and um, he would be extremely jealous uh, not being involved in all the the all the last minute preparations and the excitement. And uh, there's nothing more that he liked more than welcoming people to the park. So um, he would be incredibly jealous uh, of us, uh, but uh, no doubt he, he is very proud anyway. Indeed, indeed. We remember Ray today. Now, the, the rebranding, just remind our listeners, why was it necessary? Sure. I mean, one of the, the big decisions um, that we've ever taken was this, and it wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. And we thought about it for a long, long time, uh, uh, Ray, myself and the other members of the management. But we are investing nearly 30 million euro into the park over a five year period, 20 million of which comes to fruition next year with the opening of a new land, two new roller coasters and loads of other uh, things aside from those. So in order to make that financially viable, we need to increase the amount of guests that come to the park. So the big problem that we had with the previous name, Tato Park, was we were never able to advertise in the north of Ireland because the Tato name was owned by a different crisp company and they owned the rights to the uh, north of Ireland and the UK. Now, we still got 20% of our guests to come here from the north of Ireland, but they all came from word of mouth and from, you know, just maybe a little bit of advertisement on the border. We we were never able to advertise in the north of Ireland. So it's this tantalising, you know, a population just across the border we could never say, uh, uh, say hello to or anything like that. So that was one of the big, big reasons that we, we said, right, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it now when we're, we're, when we're doing all this building, this uh, publicity will hopefully be coming our way. This is when we've got to do it, you know. Emerald Park is a lovely ring to it. I think you're spot on. You got the name. Did you get that quickly? I know you did a brainstorming session. Did that come quick enough? It's it's funny. Uh, it took us a long time to settle on one name, but Emerald Park was actually came up in the first brainstorming session uh, amongst the staff here. And it got down to about five names or so. And we, we showed them to Ray and Ray said, right, look, I, I like all those five there. But let's go out to our target market. Let's do some uh, research and some surveys. Let's see what uh, tests best. And whichever they uh, go with, I'm happy to go with because I like all those names. Now, unfortunately, he never uh, got a chance to see the results of the survey, but he uh, had given his blessing to any one of those. And Emerald Park was the one that tested most positively with with all the target market. Last year, best year ever, three quarters of a million people visited the park. Um, You're hoping to crack that one million mark in the near future in a season. Well, look, I mean, the dream is the one million, but uh, we we will just be happy if we were able to get 800 to 900,000 people a year consistently that are coming every year and enjoying themselves. That's the most important thing. But I mean, look, the, the one million mark would be just a fantastic milestone to hit. And look, we can always be hopeful. We may not yet get it. We may not get to it, but we're, we're going to do our best anyway. And a, a, a significant change this year. Previously, you paid, and then when you went in, you had to pay for each of the rides or whatever within the park itself. That's changed. Yes. Uh, so uh, we actually started doing uh, that change uh, over the COVID period to reduce sort of contact points and things like that. So what you do now is when you purchase your ticket, that includes all your rides. So Everything, all the rides, all the experiences, all the shows, everything we have in the park is included in your ticket price. 
and you can uh, go, come in and go on all the rides as many times as you like all day long. It's included in the price. You mentioned the expansion in terms of acreage and the two new roller coasters and lots more to come. Uh, I'm particularly delighted myself with the crazy bus and the balloon race because they're my kind of thing, Charles. <laughs> well, look, uh, don't rule uh, going out on the roller coasters till you see them. And, and if you want a bit of a challenge, we'd love to have you <laughs> on the front of the roller coaster <laughs> and uh, give oh, it a go. <laughs> oh, Charles. Charles, you know, I was there when you opened the Cucullin and your late dad and everyone tried to invade me to go on oh my god I just couldn't do it I have an awful fear of them I'm not joking you but I love these because these are lovely the crazy boss and balloon are absolutely beautiful yeah uh, look not everyone likes the high fast mm. rides we, we know that um, so we have we like to think anyway that we have something for everyone we've got the small peaceful rides for the small kids and then the bigger rides for the more adventurous amongst us but not everyone enjoys the rides as well and with that in mind we've done a good bit of expansion on our zoo here and we're happy to announce that we're welcoming uh, one new Amur tiger and one new Amur leopard to the zoo this year as well so that if you don't like the rides and they're not your cup of tea yeah. we still have an amazing zoo that people can come and see you do indeed and it's a, it's a lovely addition to the park as well so for our listeners today I know you're busy and I don't want to hold you long you're on top of your head um, best way to book best way to book onto emeraldpark.ie um, there, it's discounted prices if you book online as well um, and you reserve your spot as well because we do have a cap on numbers um, to ensure that everyone enjoys their day so uh, best way to book emeraldpark.ie all the very best to you you're fantastic and it's a wonderful addition to life here in the northeast. I wish you all there the very best with Emerald Park here's to many many years of success and happiness to you and everyone involved Charles thank you so much and thank you for having me on not at all you're very welcome take care of yourself that's Charles Coyle there uh, the man uh, MD the MD of Emerald Park which is rebranded Emerald Park and opening this very weekend two more roller coasters to come for roller coaster fans and they come from all over the world I saw it when they opened the Cucullin myself it was absolutely incredible people came from everywhere to try them out and that is all in the mix there for the future Louise, can I start the knock-knocking with you today? It's the final day. We have one place left. The big draw is coming up on late lunch. Okay, you ready? Knock-knock. Mm-hmm. Who's there? Amanda. Amanda who? Amanda Fix Your Sink. Mm, I like that one. I do like that one. <laughs> that clever. Yeah? I like that I one. I haven't heard it before. Are you ready for another one? Knock-knock. Mm-hmm. Who's there? Muffin. Muffin who? Muffin <laughs> in the world can keep us apart. <laughs> Oh, cheesy. <laughs> I love these knock Cheesy knock muffin. I really do. There's loads of them coming in. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Oh, I indulge myself today with your comedy. I absolutely love The Royal Family, one of the greatest comedies in my book of all time, based in the sitting room of Jim and Barbara Royal. And Barbara's mum, Norma, is almost always there with them too. You see, Barbara's looking after her. And in this excerpt, daughter Denise and son-in-law David are visiting too, as they always are, it seems, when Jim, the dad, has a meltdown over the batteries that have gone missing from the TV's remote control. Picture it. Jim's in the kitchen going mad with everyone else just next door in the sitting room. Jim, what are you doing in here? Having your bloody head. No what? The Queen of Bloody Sheba in there had only stolen the batteries out of me bloody remote control. What for? To fan that bloody self, that's what for. So I had to sit for an hour and watch location, location, low bloody station. Well, why don't you just turn it over at the telly? Because that's what she wants, can you see that? Me up and down like a blue-ass fly. She's the puppet master, pulling his things up and down, up and down. She's got Barbara wiping her ass and plucking her bloody chin every half an hour, and everyone else has to empty her bag because she's too lazy to go for a bloody piss. And do you know what the crafty old cow's done, the wicked old witch? She's stolen the bloody batteries out of my bloody remotes. You know what? Everything in this house bloody revolves round there now. I'm not noticed. 
They have not noticed. Bloody hell, lad. She's been lying flat on her back for the last six months where we used to sit and have our tea. And you haven't noticed. Oh, bloody hell, Dave. You go in it and you tell Barbara I will not step foot in that room until I get me bloody batteries back in that. <sighs> Barbara? Yeah? Jim says he's not stepping foot in that room till he gets his batteries back. Oh, you see what I mean, Denise? Well, you can tell him to get off his big fat ass and go and get the batteries from the shop. She said, you can get off your big fat ass and go and get the batteries from the shop. Will you tell him if I do have to go to the shop and buy batteries that have been stolen from my bloody remote, I won't be coming back. Barbara? Yeah? One gone. What do you say again, Jim? If I have to go to the shop and buy the bloody batteries that have been stolen out of my remote, I won't be coming back. He says if he has to go to the shop, he's never coming back. Well, tell him if he thinks more of his remote control than it is of his own family, he needn't bother coming back. She said... I know what she said. I'm not bloody deaf, Dave. I heard it. I heard it, you bloody bitch. Go on. Piss off. I think he's mad at me now, Barbara. Oh, ignore him, Dave. Ignore him, babes. You're all right, Derek. It's always a little bit awkward on a first date, isn't it? I would like to leave this city This old town don't smell too pretty I can feel the warning signs running around my mind. Ah, the royal family. What a fabulous comedy it is. I just love it and always will. Your comedy on Friday on Late Lunch. Louise, who's there? Have knock, you... knock. Yeah, come on. Let's have a few more. Come on. Knock, knock. Who's there? Howl. Hal? Howl. Howl. Mm. Howl. Howl who? How will you know if you don't answer the door? <laughs> I like that one. I like that one too. I do. I like that very much. Who's that from? Um, Irene Kerr. Okay. Well done, Irene. Um, knock, knock. Who's there? Stopwatch. Stopwatch who? Stop what you're doing and pay attention. <laughs> clever, clever clogs mm-hmm. too. Michael Black. Well done, Michael. And knock, knock. Who's there? Goat. Goat who? Goat to the door and find out. <laughs> That's who's that That's one from Neve Kelly. Oh, hello, Neve. Big fan of late lunch. I know. Well done to you, Neve. Have you one more for me? No, another. Um, I don't know who this is from. Knock, knock. Who's there? Noah. Noah, who? No good place to get a nice door. Do you? Senator <laughs> windows, new showrooms in uh, the uh, Beachmount Shopping Centre opening tomorrow. Yes, they are indeed. Go on, fire another one at me. I'm an old sucker um, for them. Let me see. I have loads here. Okay, you you go. You do one. Um. Oh. <laughs> knock, knock. Go on. Who's there? Call him. Call him who? Call him Anthony Wand. He's outside the door. That's from uh, Joanne Gilligan. I, ha- I have to give you this one uh, from, is it uh, Shauna McKeever uh, in uh, Carlingford. Knock, knock. Who's there? Noble. Noble who? Noble, that's why I knocked the door. <laughs> Clever. I do like that. There's loads of them, isn't there? Loads yeah, coming in. Keep loads. them coming to us. How are we going to pick one today? We've got to pick one and put somebody else into the draw. And oh, we will do that. Go I've on. One more. I've go one on. More. Go on. Go on. Go on. Knock, knock. Who's there? Armageddon. Armageddon who? Armageddon out of here. <laughs> and I have to do another one too. <laughs> I have to do another one too. We'll be here for three. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Normally. Normally who? <laughs> Jeez, it's after going down the screen and me here. Hold on a minute. Hold on a Normally minute. it doesn't do that. Normally it doesn't. Oh, here we do it again. Knock, knock. Who's there? Normally. Normally who? Normally I don't say this, but I think I'm falling in love with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Darren Ford. I oh. really like that one. Last one, I promise. Knock, knock. Who's there? Spring. Spring who? Spring has sprung. It has indeed. It has indeed sprung. There's no doubt about that. It has. We watch TV. TV themes. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV. 
Oh, it's too easy this week, isn't it, the TV theme? It really is. Do you know what show that TV theme is from? I actually love it. I'll give you a little clue there. Anyway, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you know the TV show and we'll pick somebody to win a nice prize on late lunch this afternoon. Anyway, for the next while, we're going to talk about what's in the news at the moment and I'm delighted to say hello again to... From the holistic parents, Nate Cavan, and from EMS and Associates, Carmel McCarthy. Welcome back to the show, ladies. Great to see you both again. Hello, Thanks Jerry. for joining Good me. To see you, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Lovely to be with you well, again. Well, let me say that uh, even in the last few hours, we were planning to do this, that, and the other, but breaking news really probably has overtaken everything, to be honest. Carmel, a few things in the news this morning. Kerry Babies, do you remember uh, Baby John back 1984? Do you remember that time? I do because uh, I would have been pregnant on my youngest daughter then. So I it was I, I was very sensitive to, to what was going on at that stage and the sadness about it, you mm. know, and the way Ireland was at the time. But when you think back like it is nearly forty years ago and they have arrested two people, a man in his sixties and a woman in her fifties. Now, do the maths like mm. The woman would have been in her teens and the man in his 20s, you know, and that's the sadness. They've carried that for their whole life. Mm. And I I just Well, that's we have to say if, you know, they may nothing may happen. They may be released, you know, but if there's something there. Well, as you say, it's a long, long time to have something with you. But wasn't isn't it sad to reflect? Do you remember it, Sinead, at all? Do Do you? Do you remember? I do. I would have been um, I would have been finishing national school and going into secondary school. So I was on that cusp of adolescence where you were starting to learn about the whole birds and the bees as it was then. Yes. Like it is now. They know it's six. But um, yeah, so it was very very much um we were we were privy to the information and now I grew up in a very staunch household and so there was there were just there were discussions but there were hushed discussions that yes. we weren't meant to be listening to but needless to say we were because I had older brothers and sisters and so it there was huge shock mm. huge huge the shock ones. because ultimately it meant you know that was still a time where you know the um mother and baby homes yes were had only closed yes the um institute the the um uh sorry the schools, the, the institutions like Golden Bridge and stuff. Yes. Brain, it's escaping my brain. Yeah. I should know. I worked with the survivors for years. But um, they, they were, they only closed in, in the late 70s. Mm. Like there was, so, so it was, it was a harrowing topic because it could have been any one of my peers. Yes, I would have only been 12, but I had a sister who was just a bit older yeah. who worked actually in one of, the, one of the mother and baby homes. So we knew about yeah. the fact that, th- that this happened to girls were... So to hear that this had happened, knowing that this was the likelihood, that this was a teen pregnancy, however it had come about, mm. and there was a girl somewhere probably ostracised or in danger of being so. And so this was hidden. And ultimately, there was a little baby, yeah, baby that John. lost yeah. his baby life. John. 28 times you that know, baby was stabbed. And the tragedy was Joanne Hayes, because yeah. subsequently... That yeah. woman went through hell and had to be apologised. Yes, yeah. and do you know what? Like, I still see Joanne Hayes's face. Mm. You know, it's almost like a face that haunts me because you could see the pure terror on yes. her face. Yeah. And But the awful thing, when you go back to the that time in Ireland like it was still one of the biggest shames you could bring on your family was to be pregnant out of wedlock. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you think Okay, we've come a long way since then, thankfully. But, um, like, again, I remember my mother used to speak in hushed tones about girls who, you know, had to go away and all of that Mm. and got into trouble. Yeah, got got into trouble. And, like, as I say, you know, Joanne Hayes, you know, uh, the little pinched face on her. Mm. I still remember it so well. That's exactly it, that pinched And the sadness, there was a palpable sadness written across her face. Thank God the country has changed and we'll see how this develops. But obviously DNA has brought this back into the picture, as has obviously the situation with Annie McCarrick. Now, there's a name that's been bandied about for years, along with another number of young women who've disappeared and no trace of them. Annie McCarrick disappearing on the 26th of March, 1993. Her case has just been upgraded to a murder. 
why has it taken 30 years well, is the question. I, think, I suppose it's yeah. technology. I suppose technology yeah. has it's something to do with it. It's evidence again, obviously, yeah. in this yeah. case. But like, is someone starting to sing like a canary now? I'm wondering. Mm. And this is the question because, OK, evidence, but like, where... Where has that evidence been yes, the last yes. 30 Well, years? the only thing I'll tell you, the case has uh, been refocused yeah. because, you know, uh, the new cold case team, uh, one, this is one of the cases they've taken right. on board. And obviously there is a new focus on it. And that is good news today, yeah, you know, yeah. the good news. And, and we watch uh, as well to see where that goes. And the other thing, which is more recent um, as well, we've just heard this morning, uh, Graham Dwyer lost his appeal against his conviction for the uh, murder of Elaine O'Hara back in 2012, you know. Well, I mean, he the, the appeal was on the basis that it was an unfair trial. And I just, I find that abhorrent because the reality is he did it yeah. and he was found guilty, guilty of it. He's not even trying to appeal his innocence. He's trying to appeal on the yeah. basis of an unfair trial. And I find that a, a second insult to the poor girl and her family. Mm. And I think at this, I, I, I have no tolerance and I, I would be mm. very patient for it. But. but like the thing is, he's delusional. But these are all the traits of a sociopath stroke yeah. psych, psychopath yeah. or that. And like, that's what it came out that, you know, the man was yes. psychopathic. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but Thank God justice has been done, yes. you know, yeah. and yeah. that because that family, you know, having to go again. through it again yeah. a second it's, it's time. Yeah. Woeful. It's so that woeful. Uh, that appeal lost today. Yeah. And I suppose the other big news is France is burning. France is protesting. Carmel McCarthy, uh-huh. 62 years of age is the state pension age, was the state pension age in France. It's the youngest in Europe. Macron and the government have put it up to 64 and the French say no. Oh, no, 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 no. And they, w- they won't say we. Oh, yeah. But uh, listen, come here. I, like, I, I'm i beyond the, the 64 mark and I'm still working and I'm still working full time. Yes, I do uh, try and take, uh, I'm trying to take a, a day a week off. Yes. Um, but having said that, I wouldn't be sitting at home to look at the cobwebs. Mm. Like the, the, uh, the, more longer you work, the more you keep the brain intact, yes. as far as I'm concerned. And do you remember a number of years ago, uh, and her name has gone from me now, uh, a, a, a psychologist saying to us, we were, uh, it was, we were doing a thing on stress, Jerry. Jesus, her, her name will come to me again. Now, now, now I'm having a senior moment. But anyway, <laughs> she, she spoke about working as long as you can, that, yeah. you know, the, there shouldn't be any such thing as retirement. People should have the choice. Yes. yes. And that's what I believe. As I say, I wouldn't be at home now dusting down the cobwebs. Mm. I need I need a purpose every day. Yeah. And, you know, and my purpose will not be cleaning the house. I'd say it comes, no. Sinead, from two points of view, right? 62 going to 64. And I suppose they feel like this as yeah. well, that they, you know, it, they've been disenfranchised by pushing it on two yeah. years and they won't get the state payment, I take it, either until they're yeah. 64 yeah. years of age. So that's the thing. But the French, really, the, the <laughs> one pop- population in Europe... That they don't really accept things. They get out there. We and actually all love to see are we, are yellow we, vests coming out. We all love to watch an old bit of televised French protesting. I think we do. It invigorates us all. And when you and look at us, think. when you look compare yeah. like to yeah, Ireland, are, are we too soft, too uh, accepting? Are we? Do you know what it is? We're not great consumers. Full stop. So that if you look at you know consumerism in every aspect of it, whether it's you know in your work life, in your in your supermarket shop, we're really not good consumers. So we don't question. We are very inclined to follow the party line, whatever that might be. Yeah. And so I personally love when I see people fired up by looking at the French model of, of consumerism and seeing the people going, no, actually, no, it's not good enough. Let's stand up because that is how you do speak mm. with your feet. You know, we had our grey vote years ago. Do you remember the grey protest? Oh, yes. When, yeah, and look at look at what that did for the country. Look at, they came <laughs> out and went, we might be retired, but we're not stupid and we're not silent. Yeah, yeah. oh, exactly. And that's uh, the fact that they had to backtrack on the pension age as well. I mean, it was great. Absolutely great. They're, you know, I'm delighted myself personally. <laughs> <on it. laughs> now I'm giving away a bit too much. But um, yeah. no, also too, the Irish tend not to complain. 
complain. Mm. We'll tell you and we'll tell the pals. They'll moan, moan, not yeah. complain. Yeah. Absolutely. But they take action. But here's the thing for holidaymakers. I don't like to rain in your parade and I'll be away soon myself again. When the, fra- the tra- air traffic controllers decide <laughs> to take part, well, yeah. chaos for the rest yeah. of Europe, you know, yeah. because most flights going Spain, Italy, yes. Portugal, you know, have to head down that way. Oh, my God. Watch this space with that one. Now, let's talk about this one, because I mentioned it myself earlier on in the week. The man who owns this radio station and a lot more besides is called Mr. Rupert Murdoch. You might have heard of him in your time. Anyway, he's 92 years young and he's getting married again for the fifth time. Carmel, would you be bothered? No, and it's praying for a happy death he should be, not getting married again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honest to God. Well, would he ever give... He might a, have a happy l- death if, he, if yeah. he has the regular... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, that's true. The old pulse rates could go. He could go into atrial fibrillation. Yeah, that's grand. Away with him. And then, Jerry, you never know. You know, he might he might leave, you know, lump sums to all his dedicated employees. Oh, well, well, I was appealing here the yeah. other day. I'd actually take an invite to the wedding. It's happening yeah. in California uh, next year. So it is. Sinead, come on. What about this? What about it? Is there an age, really, that, no, you know? I'm actually all for it. Are you? Yeah. Because the way I look at it is everyone, love is... It's such an elusive thing for many. And I think if you find it, now stop with it. Now, I know the dollar signs, we're going to hit ching here, here, Carmel beside me. But look, I get that. But do you know what? Every relationship requires compromise of some description from the parties involved. Every relationship. And if you are self-aware, if you understand yourself, your limitations, your strengths, your modus operandi, and if it's a case that you're happy to trade I'm sorry, the wrinkly thing just, yeah, sorry, there's an image in my head. If you're willing to trade, she's 67, he's 92, like, you know, there's a serious compromise going on there, ladies. Um, But if you're willing to trade for that and have, and it's love, why not? And if they want to get married, because the thing with the marriage thing is it protects her, right? For me, I'd be thinking it protects her in terms of what she's maybe giving up, not giving up, whatever, right? But there's also from the element of our, as humans, when you're 92 years of age, there's not a lot of people are going to want to sit in a room with you and chat to you. Everyone's very busy. Do you know, so if you have somebody who you feel is the love of your life and they feel the same and they're, they have no problem sitting beside you watching the soaps and listening to you talking about them twice, that's fun. Great. Well, I Go have, for it. I have one thing to say to you, right? It's the fifth time he's trying to get it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, Carmel? And do you know what? I know I was joking about the dollar signs, but m- my uncle, Lord rest him, his words come come home to roost because he said to my sister and I years ago, marry the money and invite him to the wedding. And I think this could be a case of <laughs> yes. her marrying the money and inviting him to the wedding. Quite yes. possibly. Yeah, quite yes. possibly. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, um, yeah, sh- she's brave. He's brave, I suppose, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. No, no, yeah. no. The I, age gap, I have more of an issue with yeah. than the wedding. Mm, yeah. mm. No, I'm just thinking he's, you know, at 92, OK, he's still going. Yes. We don't know how much of it is artificial and how much of it isn't. Yeah. Um, at 67, she's still a young woman. Mm. And so in terms of just, you know, your zest for life and your, your willingness to, to get out and do stuff and whatever. Yes. You know, but again, it comes yeah. back to that. If pe- if two people want to enter into that union and they're willing to make the compromises that are required, well, that's go for it. It's up to them. Mm. He's probably still trying to get it right. You know, yeah. if he's yeah. on to the fifth. Well, there you are. It just makes perfect. It is the yeah. fifth time. Anyway, uh, uh, World Athletics have banned transgender athletes from women's events. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree because, I mean, for God's sake, if someone has been male and has they're gone through the whole puberty yeah. of of being a male well then they're going to be a little bit different to a female and strength uh, in particular and like the whole again the whole genetic makeup is is different mm. so the, i mean men are stronger anyway you're physically stronger yes. now you can't you can't pair men have that the capacity back. to be physically uh, stronger yeah. well, i'd like to just point that one oh uh, yeah well good woman Sinead, i forgot about that bit. <laughs> but um like you know how can you compare like with like like it dawned on me the other day i was out playing golf and i was saying to myself you know again if with 
the whole transgender issue. If there was a female who had been previously male, should they be playing off the women's tea box? Mm. I don't think so. Because Play, they d- yes, but compete. That's yeah, but, unfair. Uh, but hang on, yeah. they drive the ball a hell of a lot further yeah. than the majority yes. of, of of women, like a man does. Sorry, I beg your yeah. pardon, a yeah. man drives. So therefore, like, they're going to be at an advantage straight away. Mm. I mean, how do you handicap someone like that? Yes. You know, because yeah. you can't until they play a while but it's it is it, it's it's a vexed question I know yeah. people will be up in arms over it but I think fair is fair you know if yeah. you have you are going to have the the uh, the edge on yeah I think physiologically athletes. speaking you know from a, and, and it does this it always does come back to the biological sense that if you're biologically one gender or another, the physiological aspect of the, the, the way in which your body develops and the way in which the muscular t- develops, even the positioning of the muscles, you know, male and female bodies are, com- com- you know, they, they are, are formed com- quite differently. Mm. And so you do have strength, you have endurance, you have capacity for um, even things like uh, pain, you know, that, that because of the physicality of the the male makeup there's a, a greater capacity even for pain in some areas or for you know for pushing um the limits of the endurance um now i know you know we can't measure childbirth that's a different pain that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you know overworking tissues overworking muscles and the recovery times and things like that all of that has a massive impact on it and so it isn't fair yeah that's what it boils down to. Yes. It isn't fair. Well, uh, okay, it might seem unfair yes, if they're excluding yes. people, but it isn't fair in the sense of one's ability over another um, within within the context of a single gendered mm, competition. Yes. So maybe there's a space there that rather than having just male and female competitions, that there's transgender competitions, yeah. Yeah. which would yeah, you know it, yeah. it, it it covers everybody. Yeah, if absolutely. we're going to be fully inclusive. Yeah, and I, and I take on board what you're saying there. Now, um. Older women and longer hair. I'm just after seeing that. I didn't get that on my notes during the week. And I have, well, actually, no, I don't have an issue with it because I'm not an older woman. I'm just claiming that But you one have now. longer hair. I have. I have long hair. I'm not cutting it off just because somebody says I've reached a certain age. I have to lose it. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What you like is what I say. If you want to have it standing on the top of your head. Any kind of hair, yeah. wherever it is, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. And for anyone to suggest this yes. suit an it's older woman. It's their issue, yeah. not yeah. the person. Yeah, because this has hair. been in the, yeah. out and about this week. Yeah. But they're saying, you know, there is sort of a, a, you know, it doesn't suit a lot of women of an age to have the longer hair, you know. But Louise was telling me earlier on about some ladies she knows and she said they're absolutely beautiful yeah. and their hair is really long. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. So you don't buy into this at all. No. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't suit other people. But the thing is there is that it's somebody who's looking at that other person mm. that feels it doesn't suit that that's their perception i.e. their issue yes. not the long hair wearer and 
perhaps they should look in the mirror yeah rather than being critical jealousy of that's all it else. is yeah it's jealousy they can't grow it long anymore because it's because because post-menopause it starts breaking and falling out and thins and all that yeah yeah there's a yeah. lot of issues that come with time for sure and uh, just before we finish briefly the state of utah and america have uh, enacted legislation to limit the amount of time children spend on social media and it's also targeted at the social media companies too you know what i mean their responsibility towards younger users I predicted this. Yeah, we did. We predicted it a long time ago. Yeah. And do you know if is if the parents aren't parenting? Well, sadly, the state has to do the parenting. Mm. And you know, I know that Utah would be one of those very uh, how should interesting. I say? Uh, yeah, interesting. States, that word? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, <laughs> interesting states. states. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, you know, somebody needs to stand up and say, right, enough is enough, because the kids are. That's all they can communicate with is this phone. They yeah. can't do person to person communication. So get get people parenting, and we won't need this nonsense. You need a license to drive from the age of sixteen. You need a license to have an animal. You need a license to have this, that, and the Television. other. You have to be over whatever age yeah. to do whatever. Mm. There's an age of consent for sex. There's an age of consent for smoking, drinking, everything else. Yes, there needs to be an age of consent for use of smart devices. Simple reason being, if you're willing to hand your six-year-old a smart device which gives them access to the world and you don't have the wherewithal to put parental controls on that and use those parental controls properly and if you're not modelling similar behaviour, i.e. you're telling them they can't and you're sitting on your phone eight or nine hours a day, um, how can you expect, do you know, you're modelling the behaviours, they're going to copy, they want to be little little grown-ups, that's what kids want to do. Mm. So they're only following suit, it's not the kids' fault. By God, I'll tell you, it's like these laws, you can implement them, how they actually, you can enact them, but then actually policing them and I think we them. need to see, and we will see, in the coming five years, we are going to see the effects on adults of unlimited yeah. social media ex- uh, exposure, etc, etc, in adults who are not coping in the world yes. who have the inability yeah. to yeah. communicate to be understood to voice an opinion that isn't attached to I saw it on TikTok or do you know what I mean so I, I think that's going to be we until we see that in the same way until we could see cirrhosis of the liver we didn't understand how bad alcohol was until we could see lungs destroyed by smoking we couldn't see how bad it was so I think that's and unfortunately we'll have lost well, two generations we'll have both uh, both uh, psychological and uh, so, uh, physical physiological yeah. Yeah. because what will happen is the kids are going around looking down into their phones they'll all end up with tech neck or cervical kyphosis in years to come and wonder because the head is like you know it's it's it pulls the body yes. forward so there's so a, a, big a big physical aspect a, a to physical this as well aspect. have to yeah. leave it there folks yeah. for today thank you so much for joining me we covered some wonderful ground this afternoon but for the moment Cameron McCarthy from EMS and Associates and Sinead Cavanagh the Holistic Parent thank you so much for joining me on thank, the you, show. Jerry. thank you Jerry thanks very much for having us you do know in late lunch how we love books and always have over the years with authors publishers etc joining us with wonderful stories well I'm going to tell you I have a couple joining me today and I honestly believe they have something unique. I've never seen this before because you see they're the people behind a new children's book publishing company called The Elephant's Trunk and they're from Castle Bellingham in County Loud and I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Derek and Teresa Bellamy you're both welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi Derek. Welcome welcome welcome. Anyway I say it's unique but perhaps you can in your own words Teresa tell our listeners you know what you have what this is about. What is the elephant's trunk in essence the elephant's trunk has created a story world for all children one thing we were very aware of was that children with disabilities were not included in a lot of books so i decided to create this story world the story world of bellingham village and put all children into the books and with our character builder you can put children in who have a wheelchair or have a hearing aid or glasses and that's the unique concept a lot of other personalised books don't actually do that they don't go that far 
So you have set up this for everybody to be all inclusive. To be all inclusive. Yes, because there is a huge gap in the market for children's books that are all inclusive. Now, these are not stories about children in wheelchairs. These are stories for all children, whether they have a disability, whether they don't have a disability, whether they have hearing aid, Down syndrome, little people. They're all catered for in our books. And they're very, very personal. And as I said before, there is no other books out there on the market like it. No, and, and we're, we're delighted to be able to put these <laughs> books forward. Yeah, I've never seen this before. That's what intrigues me. Derek, talk to me about this uh, uh, comprehensive character creator, please. Yeah, uh, as Teresa said, we, we kind of cover all children, uh, whether they have disabilities or not. Uh, the character builder itself allows you if you're doing it as a gift or a present, it allows you to build a caricature of your child, uh, their hair colour, their eye colour, their their features, if you like, uh, and any special additions that you need to add, like, as Teresa said, glasses or hearing aids, etc. Now, those particular characters that you develop, you can either do it yourself or if you have your child involved, the kids love doing it themselves, uh, are then transported into the, the set of books that we have so that the child can actually see themselves within the book now, what we've experienced is uh, when we show one of our books to a child that it's not it's not their character that's on the cover, they, they show some interest. But as soon as you put a caricature of themselves on that book, they're they're blown away. They're they're so excited. It's theirs. Yes. It's theirs. It's theirs. It's unique. Yeah. And the beauty of the the flagship book, the name that blew away, is is that you can buy one for three or four children in the family. And each book is different because yeah. it's based on the name of your child and the caricature of your child. So it's, it's yes. unique. You write the stories. I do. You do the stories. Yeah. And what you do then is bring the individuality, as you say, yeah. of each child woven into the story then. Yes. Yeah. So their pictures appear in the book. They yeah. are the characters. The They're names the characters. in the book as well. Yeah. They're going yeah. on the adventure themselves yeah. and it's all about them. And there's also learning in the books. Our flagship book, The Name That Blew Away, mm. um, when I was researching that, it had I, I had to have 96 animal stories. So in each book, there is a little bit of learning. It's all about f- having fun, but it's all about having a little bit of learning. It's learning maybe a fact that you didn't know. I learned a huge amount when I was actually researching the book. There is animals out there that I didn't even know existed and facts about them that I didn't even know existed. So um, it was real fun to be able to put them in the book and for children to learn from it. Yes, and I just to tell our listeners, because to describe it for you as you listen to me today, on the front of the signature book, the name that blew away is a little boy with glasses and he's on crutches. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. you wouldn't see that. Honestly, no. you, you no. wouldn't see no. that elsewhere, yeah. you know. And it's very important because, you know, we need to children need to belong to a group. And what I wanted to do was to create this magical world where all children can go mm. and all children can have an adventure and all children can have fun. And I think for parents as well, it's a lovely way, even, you know, during the day to at the end of the night to actually be able to sit with your child and send them on this adventure before they actually go to sleep. Mm, there's nothing nicer and I yeah. know as a grandparent it's a, a lovely thing to do yeah. they, they, it means so much to them it and does. parents and everyone looking after children understand yeah. that as well that a bedtime story is a key part of the day the illustrator yes. I have to mention Sarah Lee Wills on this yes. signature yeah. book yeah. aren't they beautiful yeah she's really really yeah. good yeah. Artist. massive yeah. part of the team she's yeah. involved in everything that yeah. we do as well she's really talented and yeah. let me tell you I think you are putting Castle Bellingham on the map you yeah. are I, think so. I really yeah. do I've yeah. never seen Castle Bellingham portrayed in such a beautiful uh, manner and like even as I open these pages here look yeah. with, and I'm familiar with the village yeah. you can see you're on the money with that too yeah, yeah we've well, added a few things yeah we've added it is a magical world remember. I know, I know but I grew up in Bellingham village yes and um, it was a great place to grow up there was so much happening and um, you know we had so much fun growing up we had uh, the community centre where we'd all go and play rounders or basketball or the swings and slides and everybody came together and had great fun and had great friendships and um, so for me to sort of you know to, to sort of put a bit of my childhood into it was very important to me. Mm. And 
age-wise, you know, in, in the you've sent me in a selection of the books, and thank you, I really enjoyed them, and I showed them to other people, and they're mightily impressed with them. Mm-hmm. May I say, you you cover a gambit of ages. It's just not for one age. It's not for one age, and that's something we thought about and thought really hard about. And um, you know, if we have our especially our ABC books, if you have a child who may have a learning disability and maybe ten or eleven and want you know, are learning the alphabet. We didn't want to put an age on that book or on any of our books Mm. because when you're talking about, um, you know, creating something for all children, there's people out there of all ages that would enjoy this book and it would mean something to them and it's personal to them and they see themselves in the book and it's their book. It belongs to them. And so... We decided basically if your age from naught to 100 plus, you would be well fit to read. The child books. is in there and everybody, I know yeah. it. Sure, I'm the prime example of that, I have yeah. to tell you, Theresa and Derek yeah. as well. I'll never grow up, to be honest with you. And I absolutely adore books. Who came up with the name The Elephant's Trunk? I love it. Well, I did. Yeah. And I suppose there was a statement, you know, when you hear things that stick with you over your life, it's like an elephant never forgets. Mm. So and there's a bit about on our website, we talk about um, never forgetting. You know, I have a long memory. And when I was growing up, I had loads of Ladybird books. Absolutely loved them. They were my escape, too. And discovered then that um, they were gone years later and uh, one day I was sitting in my nursing class and uh, the tutor walks in with a big pile of books and it turns out they were my books they were my library books my mother had given them away to another child and the child's (laughs) mother happened to be my lecturer and in the go and I was thinking thanks thank you mommy you give all my books away but so an elephant never forgets. So that's me. Mm. I don't forget. But I think what's really important as well is that the stories we read as children mm. stay with us. Yes. And create magic for us. Mm. And it's a place to go to, you know, to feel young. Like I still read children's books. I got children's books for Mother's Day, for my Mother's Day present. So Lovely. We can. Oh, there's loads of books out there and we all can pick up a children's book and bring it back. Bring her, bring ourselves yeah. back mm. to the world of our childhood. I'm laughing at the, the Ladybird books. Lots of listeners would be familiar with them myself. But I remember when our children were small, one of them, we you know, when they were finished with clothes and they grew up, we donated mm. them. Mm. And I remember meeting another parent one day and Michael said that's my jumper yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the ladyboard yes, books yes well that was the ladyboard <laughs> books and <laughs> the thing about it there was no denying these ladyboard books were mine because yes. I had actually written my name my address my age six and a half seven and a half ten and a half inside these books I love and, it uh, yeah so there was no denying the fact oh. that there were my books you know tell us uh, Derek you know this woman has come up with the idea and of course your background background is in care as well it, yes, yes I've 41 years this year in intellectual disability nursing go. in Ireland and in Scotland. Well done to you. And you bring all that experience yeah. to this as well. Life begins at any age, doesn't it, when you well, think about this? absolutely. Like, still young. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Come on, Derek. And it's just, it keeps you alive. It keeps, yeah. your, it keeps mm. the child within you alive to be, to be doing stuff like this. Like, I, absolo- I absolutely love writing for children and writing children's stories. Yes. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it was to sort of do something about it. It was a bit like, well, do you know what? Mm. I'm getting a bit older. I better start get my thinking hat on and see, you know, what I can actually do with all these stories. It's terrific. Look, tell us, where can people find out more information about The Elephant's Trunk? And I know they're listening today and they're engaged with this. Design your own book for your own child. Where, Derek? com. That's it. Simple as that. You can go online, pick a book, build your character. You can preview the whole book online and it gets printed and delivered to your door. As so, simple, as, simple that. as that. Simple as that. And because they're unique, that's the only way we can do this. Yes. From our shop to your door. Yeah. It's as simple as that. We'll be talking again, I promise. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. wish you so much. Thank you very much. Thank good you. fortune and good luck with this. And I know it's a surefire winner. The Elephant's Trunk. Check it out. What a beautiful range of books. For the moment, Trees and Derek Bellamy. Thank you both for joining me on the show. Thank, thank you, you very much, Jerry. You better throw a party.
Oh, there's a big, big party in Navin happening this weekend and I want to dedicate that song to the birthday girl herself. Yes, Patsy Walsh. Happy <laughs> birthday. Your mammy's birthday's it's this weekend. It's my mammy, yeah. Happy birthday, mammy. Uh, see you over the weekend. Fantastic. Hopefully. What a great woman. And she loves George Ezra, doesn't she? Loves she loves that song, I believe, herself and my niece Bernie are always singing it around the kitchen. There you go. Well, mm. that's especially for you from Louise and all the girls and all the family and the grandchildren and for myself too, Patsy. Happy <laughs> birthday. Have a great, great weekend. She'll have to save you some cake, Jerry. Oh, give me a piece. Yes, just a little piece. I'd, I'd like a little piece. You know, I'm partial to it, I have to say. Anyway, have a great time and a wonderful, wonderful weekend in store for Patsy Walsh. Will I tell you a little uh, thing about uh, George Ezra? You know, I went to see him recently yeah. with Ava, who's a big fan of him. Um, he hasn't done a gig since the gig in Dublin. Has he He's not? had to cancel. Why? He has vertigo. Oh, that's nasty. Nasty. Mm. He hasn't played a gig since Dublin. He was, I told you, he was unbelievable. Your mammy would have loved it. Loved him, honestly, in the three arena. He was fantastic. But there you go. So he sent you all to Dizzy Heights and then he and had Dizzy then Heights he's himself. he's got Dizzy himself. We wish him well. Hope he's back on the road soon. Now, are you ready? Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Oink. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Say, say it again. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hold on, sorry. Knock, knock. Who's there? Oink, oink. Oink, oink who? Make up your mind. Are you a pig or an owl? (laughs) (laughs) Have you any there? Have you any there for me? Um, Go on. Knock, knock. Who's there? Lass. Lass who? Round him up, cowboy. Lass who? (laughs) Ah, very clever. Who does that come from? Barney Cunny, Curritown, Colmullen. Yeah, that one, Oink Oink, was from Magella in Dundalk. Love it, Magella. Have you another one for me or have you a winner? Are we near a winner oh, yet? Oh, I think, I think I have the winner. Have you a winner? Yeah, Fr- well, very this is, clever today. This is Friday's qualifier. So Jerry O'Brien, Stephen Collier, Aaron Goodwin and Barbara Riley are in with a chance of winning the €2,000 new composite front door from Senator Windows who are opening their new showrooms tomorrow afternoon and we will be there with the LMFM outside broadcast team in the Beachmount Shopping Centre. Give it to me. Knock, knock. Who's there? Britney Spears. Britney Spears, who? Knock, knock. Who's there? Oops, I did it again. <laughs> oh, yes. I like that. We all love that one. Who's that from? That is from Barbara Smith. Can't you mean? Barbara Smith is Friday's qualifier into the draw for the door. So, Barbara Smith, I'm just putting your name down here. We're going to do the draw mm-hmm. after three o'clock on late lunch. So, just after three, after new sport and weather, stay with us because either Jerry O'Brien, Stephen Collier, Irene Goodwin, Barbara Riley, or Barbara Smith will win. Have we a bell? Have to get a bell after announce the winner or something. Ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, I'm the ice cream man. How about that? Is that all right? There's a bell. Ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Bing-bong! Bing-bong! What type of bell do you want? What do you want? I can do any bell sound you want. knock at your door anytime soon anyway. What bell sound would you like this afternoon? Bong, bong. I can do anything you want, yeah. I don't think there is a front door bell that goes bong, bong. Would you not think so? No. I guarantee you there is. I guarantee you there is front doorbells that make different sounds. Anyway. Oh, make different sounds, yeah, but not like that. <laughs> Do you ever hear that one? That's phone. No? That's, Do you ever hear that? That's phone. Oh, sorry, I'm mixing up. Now I'm on the phone rings, yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. I think it's time for you to go home. I think it is. I've had enough. I'm nearly knocked out this week with the knock, knock jokes. Let's have a listen to our TV theme. Yes, it is, of course, the long-running countdown on Channel 4. Well done to Eugene Murray from Ford. We'll send our wee prize out to you today, Eugene. And thanks to everybody who got it right. It's such a wonderful show. I'm back watching it. Colin Murray's in the hot seat and he's just fantastic. Just shows you the difference, you know what I mean, a personality can make to a show. Anne Robinson, I switched off for a year, to be honest with you. There you go. Anyway, the moment has arrived. The front door is almost ready to be 
won by somebody out there because let me tell you that tomorrow in Beachmount Shopping Centre, Senator Winders opened their wonderful new showrooms and they've given us some lovely prizes this week to give away. The top prize is a €2,000 composite door voucher and they're also runner-up prizes of Karcher window cleaners as well. So our five finalists are all winners today and we will be there tomorrow. Uh, the LMFM team will be with Senator as they open their new showrooms in Beachmount Shopping Centre. Now, all week you've been sending us your knock-knock jokes and I have to say, Louise, haven't the listeners just been yeah. outstanding? Like, I mean... I, I thought, you know, by Wednesday we'd, we'd, <laughs> no. we'd heard them all and all we'd be seeing is repeats, but oh, no, not no, at all. no, no, not at all. You're wonderful people. You're so clever, so inventive and we didn't read yours. Apologies. We were just yeah, inundated with them. We could be just at them all afternoon and we just picked here and there and were selective with them. I know that, but thank you for making the effort. So, in the hat, Monday's winner, wearing number one is Jerry O'Brien. Two is Stephen Collier. Three, Irene Goodwin. Four is Barbara Riley. Yesterday's winner. And number five, just through today, last but not least, number five is Barbara Smith. So I've given Jerry, Stephen, Irene, Barbara, and Barbara to the numbers one, two, three, four, five. So each day, Monday to Friday, is one to five. Okay? Hang and on, Louise. Hang on, hang on. Go on. There we go. <laughs> That's a doorbell, is it? Yeah, I tried the knocking, but it just sounded it like somebody didn't. was just hammering something into the wall. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, we got a doorbell, so here we go. So you will verify, I have the little container here, mm-hmm. wrapped up tightly, not by me, somebody else. Are the numbers in these pieces of paper? I'm shutting my eyes, aren't I? Tell them my eyes are closed. Yes, and Please we verify. do have a witness here beside yes, us. Yes, is is that right? from KPMG, yeah. from KPMG. Yes, <laughs> keeping an eye on things is right. So here I go, my eyes are closed, and I'm now going to settle on one number and let me open it and tell you well wrapped the wrapper and the winner of the front door wore 2000 euro a brand new composite door is Wednesday's winner number three Irene Goodwin you are the winner of the door well done Irene congratulations to you but Jerry O'Brien Stephen Collier Barbara Riley and Barbara Smith you also win Karcher the lovely Karcher window cleaner as well. You get that. The window cleaner not from Carter will be in touch. Yes, there you go for your knock-knock jokes. Thanks again to everybody and health to enjoy that front door, Irene. Congratulations and well done to you. Now, let's do this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... This very week in 1980 and the big number one. Oh, it's a cracker. It really is. When I tell you that this song, when it was released, came straight in at number one in the charts and it spent three weeks at top spot. And it would be the first of four number one singles for who? Of course, it is The Jam and Underground. The Jam and Underground, number one this week in 1980. What a wonderful song. And I'll dedicate that to Paddy and Anne Bird from Stamullen. They're celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, the golden wedding anniversary. And if Paddy hasn't gone underground by this stage, well, it's not going to happen now. Well done to both of you. Congratulations. Have a great time. And all of the family, your children, grandchildren, everybody, Paddy and Anne, want to wish you all the very best at this very, very special time. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Radio, final break of the day and the week on the way and afterwards we'll turn our attention to the big sporting action of the weekend with David Sheehan I'll say afternoon as I do each Friday at this time to David Sheehan Hi David Hi Jerry Very very good Let's just give soccer a little mention because I really want to get into the GAA Ireland's group European Championship qualifier France played the Netherlands tonight Monday evening Dublin Ireland against France the World Cup runners up they may order bricks and a bricklayer <laughs> a bus Jerry I think they'll need um, yeah it's 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 hard to know with them really like the performance against Latvia the other night was very typical of a lot of Irish performances down through the years not just under Stephen Kenny but under other managers as well where they, they tear out of the blocks and the first 20 minutes they look really good they get a goal or two maybe as they did on, on uh, Wednesday night and um, 
then they don't do anything after that. They just kind of sit back. So mm. it was very frustrating to watch them on Wednesday because they they tore out of the blocks. They looked like they were going to, you know, get a, get a comfortable win. And it just seemed like after they got the second goal, they just sort of started to sit back and thought, well, this is going to be an easy night's work. And, you know, never give it sucker and even break, as the old saying goes. Laffey, you get the first goal again from a, a shot outside the box. It isn't close down. I think I saw a stature in the week that Ireland have conceded the highest number from outside the box of any of any nation in the world um, in recent times. They just don't seem to be able to get out to close these shots down. The second goal was something similar. So they got out with a win, but it wasn't a particularly convincing display. So, yeah, look, France, to Holland tonight. Holland are missing a few players. It seems like there's a bit of a virus going through the Dutch camp at the moment. But... Um, you would imagine it's hard to call, you know, how that one's going to go. But certainly the game on Monday night, France coming to Dublin. Look, the place will be packed. It'll be a great atmosphere. But I think the Irish players really need to give the fans something to get excited about here. And if they could just cut out the silly mistakes um, and just show a little bit of defensive solidity, then I think they'd be they'd be going a long way to getting a result. But you just feel like there's always a mistake waiting to be made in that defence or a defensive, you know, lapse in concentration for somebody. We saw Matt Doherty giving away a, a soft pass for the first goal the other night. So they just need to focus and concentrate for 90 minutes and maybe if they if they do that they'll come away with with something because they have some talented players in the squad we saw mm. Evan Ferguson Will Smallbone um but from a defensive point of view as you mentioned that's where the the, the worries would be yes. it's it's hard to see them getting anything out of it so you'd have to go for a France win really wouldn't you Yes I think so unfortunately maybe they'll surprise us all but let's see anyway that's on Monday but a lot of GAA over the weekend and big games let's talk about the National Football League men division 2 final round of games who would have thought even after two rounds this year that Loud would be going into the final game with Dublin playing to go up to division 1 yeah, remarkable stuff. And I was talking about it last Sunday on, on Sunday Sport after they had that win um, over Cork. If they'd only gotten that win against Clare. Now, I know you could say they maybe won a couple of games that were tight that they could have lost. That's an easy thing to suppose point at there. But that Clare game in the first round, they were three points ahead going into added time. I think there were seven minutes of added time play. They conceded four points on the spin. And that was Clare's only win to date in the league, which is hard to believe, although they were competitive in most of their games. But that game really is a bit of a killer for them now. But, that being said, um, and I said it to you last week, Sherry, regardless of the result against Cork, regardless of the result against Dublin this weekend, what a campaign it's been for Loud. You know, they lose Kieran Byrne in the first round through injury. They lose Samuel Roy to a hamstring. Most people would have said last year, a lot of people would have said that Loud were a bit of a one-man team. Mulroy was such a key player for them. Didn't knock a feather out of them. On they went. Brilliant result again last weekend after a slow enough start against Cork. And, um, yeah, going up to Croke Park on Sunday with a, with a, a shot at a promotion, which is an incredible story for them really um, I like I do think Dublin will beat them um, but I tell you what though Dublin won't score 216 from play against Loud like they did against Mead mm. they won't get the cut. they won't get the colour of that against Loud I don't think because Loud will be set up defensively well they have a really well drilled system there now under Mickey Hart the fitness and the condition of these guys now is, is brilliant so I think Dublin will, will have a tough job in their hands here I think they'll, they, will, they will win but Loud will really put it up to them and they'll go up there and really relish the opportunity to have what is basically a free hit here, you know. They nobody mm. gave them any chance of being in the mix for promotion, and, and they're one game away from Division One. So, and I think I saw as well that if they were to go up, they'd be the first team possibly ever to go from Division Four to Division One in straight seasons. So, um, to even be in that conversation is is brilliant. Like it I say, is. I think Dublin will will pip them, but Loud Loud will give them their fill of it up there. There's no doubt about that. Let's see what happens Sunday two o'clock. Also two o'clock on Sunday, Kildare entertain me. Me that the opposite started well, and what can you say about the rest of the campaign? Are they safe? Are they safe? Yeah, but yeah. The, the question for them, the question for them is like just to be briefly give people a run through. Sixteen teams go into the twenty twenty three Sam Maguire. Three teams are already guaranteed to be there: Mayo, Galway, and Westmead, who won last year's Talton Cup. After Sunday's games, nine or nine or ten teams, depending, will be in in the Sam Maguire, Westmead, and the eight Division One teams at the end of play. So the teams that are in Division One at the close of play on Sunday. So the key thing from Mead's point of view here is there are fourteen places up for grabs from, from the top two divisions. That number will reduce if a Division Three or Four team, other than Westmead, makes a provincial final. Um, we know there's going to be a Division Three or Four team in the Connacht final because the way the draw has gone. So the bottom line, Jerry, is Mead currently sit in fifth place um, in Division Two. If they were to beat uh, Kildare on Sunday, that would move them on to seven points, and they'd be hoping the Cork lose to Derry. Now Derry, ordinarily, you would say would beat Cork, but Derry are already through to the league final and are already promoted. So what sort of a team they pick for that game is? You know, it was going to be a hard to call. They may go for a bit of a mix and mash match team. Um, so me, will be hoping that Derry beat Cork and that they beat Calair, and that'll move them on to seven points. Would would put them in fourth place probably. Um, so they'd be they'd be pretty much safe there. But fifth or sixth, 
in Division 2 it would be a dicey enough place to be so you know that's as, as simply as I can lay it out for people Me would want to be beaten Kildare um, and not be not be looking over their shoulders at possibly having to go into the Talton Cup depending on how the provincial championships go so certainly a lot to play for for Mead um, they've had a poor enough campaign after a good start like you said there Kildare haven't had a great one themselves they had a good win against Limerick last week which guaranteed their safety and relegated Limerick but um, yeah, down to St. Connell's Park. Me don't have a great record there from just off the top of my head. I don't think they've been brilliant there in, in the last few times they played till they're down there. So going to be a tough one for them, um, but they, they need a win just to stave off the possibility of going into the Talton Cup. Ladies National Football League, uh, Saturday, just in a word, Cork and Meath in Division 1, 12.45 tomorrow. Meath, um, well, it's been a, an odd campaign, hasn't it? It's been a difficult one for them. I know I heard um, Davey Nelson talking to Colin Corrigan during the week there and he talked about the injuries they've had and the you know new management and things kind of trying to trying to bed things down and, and deal with, with the loss of the likes of Vicky Waller wasn't there or Lally wasn't there. Emma Duggan has been out injured for a lot of it as well. They've obviously lost the likes of Emma Troy as well travelling. So been a difficult campaign for them, but you know, they'll be kind of gunning for the championship. You'd probably have to fancy Cork to win that when it's down there as well. But Mead will just be looking to, I suppose, answer any critics come championship time. But I, I think Cork probably to win that one be the smart bet. And a good campaign for Loud in Division Three. They faced down on Sunday. Yeah, they 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 were beaten by Clare last week, beaten well down in Doonbeg in the end, and that kind of more or less put the kibosh on any promotion hopes. They still have a slim chance just from looking at the table. If they were to get a win, another result went from they could still squeak into the top two, I think. But it's a it's a long shot for them. But you know, it's been a pretty positive campaign for Kit Henry, and again, they can look forward to the championship with plenty of optimism. There you go. So, uh, anyway, uh, Sunday is the big day in terms of Division 2 of the Men's National League and, of course, for the Ladies 2. That's in Division 1, Mead, and Division 3 for the Loud Girls. And then, of course, Monday, the big soccer match, which we've been talking about. David, I have to leave it there today. Thanks so much for joining me as usual. Thank you. Take care. David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport, uh, rounding off our week on Late Lunch. And let me say a big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. Appreciate uh, them and uh, what they've brought to the show in the last five days. To you, our listeners who join us every day, you're fantastic people. Love your company. And especially to my producer, Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. And she's heading for Navin the weekend. Have a big celebration. We're our mammy for the birthday and all the family. Anyway, that's it for another week on Late Lunch. We'll be back on Monday at 1.30. Take care of yourselves. Have a nice weekend. Eddie Caffrey's on his way here on LMFM Radio with The Drive. We'll see you Monday.